0: Before we get into today's episode, I want to let you in on a little secret. A lot of you have been DMing me and sending me messages asking me when I'm going to be bringing back my small business workshops. Well, good news. On April 25th, I'm going to be kicking off a free masterclass, Social Media for Small Business. If you're looking to up your social media game when it comes to your business, you're absolutely going to want to join me. You'll walk away with a comprehensive idea of what to post, where, when, and how to do so efficiently so that you can focus your time on growing your business. Click the link in the show notes for information and to sign up. Don't forget it's free, so there's no reason not to sign up. And don't wait. The door is closed soon. Anyone who knows me knows that I love a good cookie, so much so that I often joke about being a cookie influencer, which is why when Rebel Daughter Cookies landed on my doorstep, I knew I had to have their founder, Ann Grossman, as a guest on Dear Found Her. Ann and her team are looking to empower all, especially women, to indulge without guilt and to just enjoy every damn bite. And I'm telling you, you will enjoy every damn bite. The name Rebel Daughter comes from a nickname Anne's mother gave to her growing up, as she was a child that was always pushing the boundaries. Now with two young children and no business experience, Anne refused to listen to naysayers and was determined to start a successful cookie company. Surpassing expectations and making a rebelliously deluxe treat, Rebel Daughter seemed for Anne to be a fitting name for her cookie company. Advocating for all females, Rebel Daughter Cookies donates a portion of all of their profits to organizations focused on developing solutions for maternal and child health. Please come on in and join me on today's episode and meet our guest, Anne Grossman, founder of Rebel Daughter Cookies. All right. So today on Dear Founder... I have Ann Grossman who's the founder of Rebel Daughter Cookie and before hi. before I like say hi Ann I want to tell everyone that your cookies are so fucking good see I just swore I am like blown away by how amazing the cookies are that come out of your company. Thank so, you so much. <laughs> it is my Thanks. pleasure and most people who know me that are listening know I am a stickler for cookies and I love a good cookie. These cookies well, you are fantastic. my favorite type
1: of critic. People who know cookies are my favorite types of critics. So thank I mean, you so much. I mean, these
0: cookies are so good. I'm so excited to talk to you and to just get the lowdown on how you started this company and made it so that it is like a national brand. It's really cool. And it's because it's cookies.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm thrilled to be here first of all. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Of course. Um People like you, women like you, are my favorite type of women. Who you know have gone ahead and want to blaze a trail for other women, and look behind them and extend a hand and say, "Come along with me," and you know, let me help you out in any way I can. I think that we're not doing that enough as women. Um, I think it's so important. And if anybody can glean any type of little tidbit or information for me, um, you know, in my short going into my third year doing this, then that's why I'm here. I'm really passionate about you know, looking back and extending a hand and and helping out in any way I can.
0: And I so appreciate you saying that and also doing it. So, so thank you. Um, you know, and I, I think my, my, obviously the biggest thing I think everyone wants to know is how did you start this company and make rebel daughter a national brand? I mean, you ship these cookies nationally. You're in Connecticut, right? Correct. Norwalk. They, yep. They arrived on my doorstep fresh as, out of the oven. I mean, there's, they've been at my house for a few days now for probably close to a week. They're still soft. Good. (laughs) They're amazing. So, so take us back and tell us how and why.
1: So I'll give you the short story, which is um, I had my daughter, Marlo. She's six months old and I had this very distinct memory, like my aha moment, Um, sitting in a chair with her on my lap and just feeling so empty inside and the guilt that came along with that. And I thought that having a daughter, I have a son who's now five. I had thought that having a daughter was going to fulfill me. And, you know, I finally got, quote unquote, the perfect family. And I thought my dream was to be a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, that was my goal in life. And I realized that something was missing And I thought, you know, what what will it take to make me feel like myself again? Because I felt like that part was missing and I realized I wasn't doing anything creative anymore. I had grown up writing poetry. Um, I was in a small town. And so, you know, I was out in the woods playing and building forts and writing poetry and painting and drawing. I played the flute and I wasn't doing anything like that for myself anymore. And I said to my husband, I think I want to start baking again because Being the practical person I am, what's one thing that I can do that's not completely selfish? So baking will help me, you know, fulfill that creative need and also, you know, make something my family can enjoy. And of course, you know, we always have that mom guilt, like, oh, if I take time for myself, like, how is that taking away from my family? And so the solution was that I was going to bake. It wasn't going to be painting or poetry or anything like that. And... I was a pure bar teacher before um, I had my daughter. daughters, a pure bar teacher for two years. And after a workout, I would crave a thick, gooey, wonderfully delicious chocolate chip cookie. And when I lived in Brooklyn for a year and a half after pure bar class, I would head to this corner bakery and I would get a cookie like that. And there was nothing like that around here. And so I would teach a pure bar class or I would take pure bar up here in Connecticut. And I've tried literally every chocolate chip cookie that there was around here. And nothing fulfilled that craving for me. And I said to my husband, there needs to be a place like that around here where you can count on getting the most delicious chocolate chunk cookie of your life. And there should be a place that makes all kinds of them. And so that was my goal. Um, I started out making just half batches and adding this and taking things away. And my goal was to make a mind-blowing chocolate chip cookie. And after about maybe a month and a half, my husband said to me, I think this is the recipe. I think you finally got it. Um and once he said that, I don't think he realized the path he set me down because then my laser <laughs> focus was okay, I'm gonna turn it, I'm gonna make this a company. I'm gonna turn this into something. And I really think my husband thought, okay, great, she's gonna be a stay-at-home mom and bake cookies and give them out to her friends and maybe she'll sell them at like a tag sale. But no, immediately I said, I wanna make this a real company. I don't wanna just be just be quote unquote, a mom at home baking cookies. I want to make this a real legit national brand. And I'm going to find a commercial kitchen and I'm going to get my licenses my license. And I'm going to start shipping nationwide. And I, and I go down this rabbit hole and my husband looks at me like, yeah, like I'm crazy. And he says, well, how are you going to do this? You've got two young kids. I'm an entrepreneur myself. Where's the money going to come from? Money's tight um who's going to take care of the kids you know all of our family lives 2 to 4 hours away um and then you know i just it, i wasn't going to take no for an answer because i had gone through life thinking back to when i was a kid of my parents saying well you're good at art and you're good at english so you should be an english teacher and you're going to school and we're going to pay to put you through school and so you're going to do what we think you should do, which is to become a teacher. And that what just wasn't my passion. I got out of school and I said, I, I want to get my foot in the business world somehow. And the way I did that was to be an executive assistant. And so it was just about putting one foot in front of the other, paying the bills, thinking one day I would love to own my own business, but I didn't know what would light that fire inside me to put my blood, sweat and tears into I thought it was going to be a flower shop. And uh, I dabbled in that when I got to Connecticut and it turned out not to be the thing. And so when I found this thing, it turned out to be cookies. You know, my husband wasn't going to stop me with any kind of reason or excuse. I was going to do it anyway. And I had, you know, I would share my dream with my friends and people at Pure Bar and they would say, oh, I had a friend who did that and she burned out after two years and You know, she was baking around the clock and she even had an assistant and she didn't see her family anymore. And so she gave up or, you know, I would just I would hear these stories from people who tried to dissuade me. And there was nothing that I could hear from anybody that was going to um, make me turn back and make me make me say, uh, okay, maybe it's not worth it. I mean, I had to do this. For myself, if for, if for nothing else. I mean, I was staring, you know, 40 years old in the face thinking, you know, at the time I was 36, just thinking down the road, like I want to do something that I can look back on and be proud of besides just be a mom, like an awesome mom. I want to do something that's going to leave a mark and maybe I can help out other people before I turn 40. And this is the thing that lit the fire inside me. And I would you know, stay up at night till one in the morning, just Googling how to do things and creating my website on Squarespace, signed myself up to take professional photography courses, because who can afford a photographer when you're just starting out? Um, And then I would wake up at 5am with the kids. And this was the grind. And, um, you know, I think when I finally got my Squarespace website up, And I had enrolled in photography classes and my husband was seeing exactly what I was doing. He said, he's like, wow, you're, you're really doing this, aren't you? And then, um, you know, he's, I've had his support ever since. Um, but I think it took, it took that point of no return for him to realize exactly how serious I was and that I wasn't going to give up and, and, uh, and that he was either coming along for the ride or he wasn't. So. And now you have a location, right? Yeah. So this I haven't told the public yet, um, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to make this announcement, but I do have a brick and mortar. And um, that's, I'm starting to lease February 1st. And I, I just moved in today. Um, and so thank you. And so I had the movers over there, you know, getting the mixer in place and the ovens and then I'm running back here and I'm trying to do my hair and my makeup. And, you know, it's just, it's, That is the journey of being a founder and a startup is um, just like the hair on fire constantly. And I don't know how I would be happy any other way at this point.
0: So until so up until this point, and this is obviously your first brick and mortar, everything has just been online. Right. And and like word of mouth sort of marketing. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I um, I'm at currently a shared kitchen. So you rent by the hour. There's a minimum of four hours. And during the holidays, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I was trying to book out a month ahead and try to reserve my spot. I know you guys
0: ran out of cookies. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we,
1: didn't, we didn't have enough time in the kitchen to make the cookies that I needed to make. It was insane. Um, and so something had to give. And, you know, I'm driving to the kitchen at five in the morning and I'm schlepping all of the delivery boxes and the shipping boxes because there's no room at the kitchen to store them. And so I'm schlepping all that stuff. And I'm pushing the cart through the parking lot, to the, you know, through the doors of the kitchen. And um just thinking like that. If this isn't burnout, I don't know what is, and something has got to give. And then I had this, I had this opportunity um, to rent this beautiful kitchen in the exact area I wanted in this art park in Norwalk, um, just fall into my lap, basically. Um, and it was the location I wanted. And to have that happen. You know, in my third year in the company uh, with this company, it's just been it's just been incredible. I, I honestly I can't even really wrap my head around it that that I, I call it manifesting that I manifested that because I would go to sleep at night thinking about that and wake up thinking about that. And that was my goal to get out of that shared kitchen and to have a spot of my own and to put a big mural rebel daughter cookies you know, across the building and um, to have it be a really cool spot that attracts people um and I'm so
0: excited for you.
1: Thank you. And um I'm also renting time to other women um food entrepreneurs who are just starting out because commercial kitchen space around here is so hard to come by. Um and so it's going to be a safe space for just women. Um, you know, they're renting on different days that I'm not baking, and um, I'm only that's hired. such a
0: great revenue model for you too to help offset the cost of your rent.
1: Correct. I mean it's a huge space, and obviously the plan is to grow into it one day and to be able to use it all, but it is a gigantic space. And simultaneously, if I can offset the cost while helping other women, I mean, it's, it's a dream come true. So
0: I want, so there's so many things that I want to unpack here, but the first thing is I want people to know these are not just your everyday cookie. I mean, they're not, they are like so good. And the flavors, I, I, I don't even know what was in some of them. They were just amazing. Like they're just, the flavors are so unique and you can tell that the ingredients are so fresh and it's, you, they're just, they're awesome. So I'd love for you to talk about your product.
1: Yeah. Um, so part of rebel daughter cookies is that, um, the product like the cookie itself is rebellious and decadence in size, but also refined in the top quality gourmet ingredients that we're sourcing. So unlike some of these Instagram food porn cookies that you see that are stuffed with every candy from the candy aisle, we're actually sourcing direct from the chocolatier premium world-class chocolate, world-class vanilla paste. So there's flecks of vanilla beans in every single cookie, um, which, um, you know, really deepens the flavor. There's, uh, Smoked chocolate salts, small batch smoked chocolate salts. Um, I don't want to give away too of my uh, too many That's of what, my. No, stuff, you don't
0: have to give them away. But
1: um, but um, they are gourmet, literally gourmet ingredients, and they are made by hand. And each cookie, it sounds ridiculous, but each cookie is made with a ton of TLC because my standards are so high, and so everyone I train um, knows that. And they're being trained in in how I make the cookies. So I'm not just taking a cookie scoop and I'm scooping it into some dough and I'm plopping it on on a tray. That's just not how we do it.
0: What are your like? Top, what are your like two or three top selling flavors?
1: So the OMG, which is the regular chocolate chunk cookie without nuts, that's the top seller, and it breaks my heart just a tiny bit because it's it's the most quote unquote normal cookie. Um, but that is that is the highest seller, and the ne- next is the blackout, which is a Uh, brownie caramel cookie.
0: This cookie was so good. That one was my favorite.
1: Oh thank you. So yeah, it's got chunks of milk chocolate in it, caramel on top and inside and around the edges, and it gets a little crispy and, and gooey and um and then I would say gosh the fluffernutter forever, which is a peanut butter cookie with marshmallow on top that also like oozes down the sides and gets crispy. It's crispy and chewy and salty. That's probably the next best seller.
0: My kids love which one do you think my kids loved? The
1: unicorn. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> my girls loved the what's inside of it.
1: Um, it is white chocolate and nerds.
0: Okay. Oh, so I couldn't figure out if it was nerds, they like wouldn't let me eat it. And I <laughs> so, but and then there's fruity pebbles outside, right? Yes, or yes. okay. Yep, I mean, it they loved it. And actually, I sent the like, I only allowed them to like split a half, and so that because I'm like such a food Nazi, and then I. Gave them the rest in their lunches. So they were so excited. Yeah, they (laughs) were were so excited that they had it in their lunches. But, you know, so I just, I think it's so important to talk about your product because I want people who are listening to know and to understand that, yes, you do have a chocolate chip cookie in your lineup, but we're not here talking about just like your average cookie. And that's not, that's not why Anne is so successful. It's not why she's shipping nationwide. I mean, she has a really awesome, unique product and she sources the best ingredients, which I think is really important to say and to share Um, one to the consumer who are contemplating buying your product and two to people who are starting businesses and thinking about sourcing and whatnot. And that is really what sets you apart from your competition.
1: I think that the temptation is always to cut costs um, for ingredients. I mean, the margin in food product is it's so small. And I understand the temptation to cut costs, but I truly believe that there is a market for a gourmet product that people will pay a little bit more for because they taste it, they experience it, and they realize that compared to an off-the-shelf cookie, that it is more flavorful and and the textures are, are you know pop in their mouths, and it's worth paying that little bit of extra money for because you can taste the quality. You can taste those extra, extra special ingredients.
0: What was the moment that you, that you were like, okay, I have something. And like, this is legit. This is more than me just like making cookies in my kitchen and selling them or selling them at a bake sale or whatever it was Um, that you were doing.
1: Yeah. So I was gosh, six months in, maybe nine months in. And I had somebody contact me in town and he said, um, you know, your cookies are, what do you say, something something about them being special, extra special. And he wanted to write an article about my cookies for CT Bites, which is um, an online magazine that, you know, ranks and amplifies and spotlights different restaurants and eateries around Connecticut. Um, and he wrote an article and he said that he was going to give me a little bit of notice so that I could prepare that this article is going to go up and just dropped it. And I had more orders than I had ever had coming through just like minute after minute, boom, 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 boom. Um, from this article. And I had my dad come up, my parents came up from Pennsylvania because I, I didn't have anyone working for me at that point. It was just me by myself. And so he came up and he was driving like 30 deliveries around and I had my husband driving deliveries around and my mom's helping package the cookies. I mean, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. And at that point, that is what really, I believe, um, flipped the switch, you know, got my name out there and made people realize that I was more than just, you know, a mom selling cookies at a bake sale.
0: The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FoundHer and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. And so then what did you do? Like, What were your next steps that you know, helped you to take it from that mom selling cookies at a bake sale to Um, this legitimate company? Like what were the steps that you take that you took to take this to the next level?
1: I quickly realized my husband and I both together quickly realized I was going to need a driver because it was not sustainable um, for me trying to drive my own deliveries around after I bake the cookies. It would take all day. I would have the kids in the car. I would drive these cookies around by myself and Oh my gosh, if, you know, word of mouth or if another article dropped, what was I going to do? I mean, I I couldn't, I had to grow my team. And so the first hire was a driver and the second hire was a bakery assistant. um,
0: Can you talk about the importance of figuring out what you need in terms of hires and, and how, how that helps you to take your business to the next level? Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs are real hesitant to hire someone because they feel Oh my God! Like I can't spend money, blah blah blah. But a lot of times, spending that money to do something that sucks so much of your time is really what helps you grow.
1: Correct. Um, you have to figure out what your pain points are, and um, you know what are areas where you can pay someone else to do what you're doing, um, so that you can go out and make more money. And so it was very logical, very logical next step for me to hire a driver because I'm charging a delivery fee anyway. And so I just pass that delivery fee right onto the driver. In addition, I pay them mileage for their car for the use of their car. And that frees me up to be able to make more cookies or to be able to advertise for my cookies or, you know, et cetera. And so um, after the driver, then I needed somebody to help me make more cookies in the kitchen, um, just expedite that process. And so you look at your bottlenecks and you figure out what can someone else be doing that will free me up to make more money. If I can make more money doing something else while somebody else takes over what I was doing, then it's just, it's a no brainer.
0: I, I, I love that you one recognize that. And two, that you said it because I think it takes people sometimes a long time to get to that point. And obviously you are one person, you have two kids and a family, like you cannot be doing all of this. Right. So, so then what was it that put you on like the quote national stage? Because you ship these cookies nationally. And, um, and I mean, I found out about you through one of my best friends who is a PR writer and from your PR person. So what was it that, you know, really kind of leveled you up?
1: Yeah. So I have been saying to my husband, look, I'm spending this extra money on ingredients. And I, I truly believe without a shadow of a doubt that my cookie is a higher quality cookie than many, many other cookies out there. I mean, just as market research, I feel like I've tried every single cookie. And anytime I see a cookie, I'm like, oh my gosh, this cookie's going to beat my cookie. Let me try <laughs> this cookie. I order so many different cookies and And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that somebody is going to challenge that. And obviously I'm biased about my own product, but I'm hopeful that I'm going to find a cookie that I like, oh my gosh, maybe even better than mine. And it just, it hasn't happened yet. And so I believe so strongly in my own product, but I need to get the word out there. And, you know, I'm impatient with word of mouth. Yes, that's wonderful. You know, grassroots marketing is the best marketing you can possibly have, but I'm being pitted again. My cookies are being pitted against "quote unquote" food porn cookies, which go viral on Instagram. And so much of, you know, how we market these days is visual. I need to get these cookies in people's mouths. People who know food, who know gourmet food, who can vouch for it and say, like, yes, this is a gourmet cookie. This is a, um, a truly gourmet product. This cookie stands out from other cookies. And to get that word out there to build legitimacy. Um, So it's not just, you know, Debbie on, you know, Main Street who said, this is an amazing cookie, but so that it's somebody who has like quote unquote clout, somebody out there who people respect. Um, And it turned out to be Food Network. Um, But my next step in getting to Food Network was to hire PR. And so literally all of my profits, with the exception of small amount that I had to put back in the business or that I set aside to give to charity, because we give a small amount to charity um that went into hiring pr and i want you to talk about
0: the importance of of that hire and and what that did for you too because you know hiring pr is not for everyone and it is also it has to i think be at the right moment but you made a very strategic decision that paid off
1: yes so the decision was you know how am i going to spread the word how am i going to build my business how am i going to get my cookies into more hands And because I know once I get my cookies into more hands, they are going to go tell their friends. I mean, my reorder rate is incredibly, incredibly high, which I take a lot of pride in. And so I truly believe it was just a matter of getting my cookies into more hands. And how do I do that? Which is publicity.
0: And I mean, to your point, people see pictures of amazing cookies and they want to order the cookies. So it's just, again, to your point, like getting them into greater hands outside of the geographic region of Connecticut, right?
1: Yeah, I feel like I hit a wall with Instagram and promoting posts and boosting posts. Um, Again, I mean, Instagram is such a visual platform that if you don't have those like one pound cookies with everything stuffed inside, that looks so fabulous when you open them, which mine, like some of mine are flat, um, you know, flatter and they don't, Exactly. I mean, they photograph well, but when you compare it side by side with something like a cookie like that, that goes viral, I mean, I feel like I was hitting a wall. And so how do I circumvent that wall? How do I get around that? Because really my cookies are about the ingredients, the texture and the flavor. And so how do I get somebody to recognize that?
0: So now in addition to PR, do you have someone who runs your social, who's on your team? It's you.
1: No, I am the social person, unfortunately, whether that's for good or bad. Um, I hate how time consuming it is. I hate, I hate Instagram for many reasons. Um, but yes, for now, I'm the social media person. Um,
0: so who else is on your team?
1: So I have, I had two drivers. Um, one just left. I'm down to one. I have, let me see, Alex, the other Alex, Chelsea, Hannah. And me, so four, four including the driver.
0: And what do they do? Your other than the drivers,
1: they are bakery assistants and drivers.
0: And then you have your PR agency that yes. is right. that is outsourced, and then you are right. doing your social. And I, but I, I'm sharing this because I want people to understand how lean your team is. Yeah. You know, because I think a lot of times you see a brand in Food Network or you see a brand in Bon Appetit or whatever it might be, and you think there's like this giant team behind them. And it's important to note that you have built this and bootstrapped this.
1: Oh, yeah. And they are part time. I mean, they work half a day and then they go to their other job. And they want, <laughs> I've been told that they want to work for Rebel Daughter Cookies full time. But until I grow the business to that point, um, you know, I just, it will get there. I'll get there. of
0: course you'll get there. Thank you. I have no doubt about that at all. Um, Talk to me about your giving back because you do give back and that's a big part of your business plan. And it's, I mean, it's prominent on your website. It was prominent on the materials your publicist sent over. And I think it's really important to talk about that. Um, You know, I think a lot of, uh, it's funny because there are a lot of, you know, new young businesses that, feel that they don't have the money or the budget or whatever it is to get back. And it doesn't have to be a giant thing, but I think that it's so important to build into your company's ethos.
1: Yeah. So here's the thing. I mean, I, Lindsay, I have this distinct memory of sitting at the computer um, in the office. It was maybe, I don't know, midnight and I'm freaking exhausted. And I was just, I remember thinking to myself, like, look, you know, selling cookies nationally, that would be amazing. But really, what is the point of doing this if I can't help other people? Um, I, I don't know. It's just it's how I was raised and thinking back not to get too deep, but I think it's because I was so badly bullied in junior high and high school that I have always just had this desperate need to help other people so that they to make them feel accepted and to make them so that they would never have to go through that those feelings that I had. Um, and so I chose, um, to give back to, to amazing organizations, nonprofits that benefit women and kids. So that, that was going to be my focus at Rebel Daughter because Rebel Daughter Cookies is all about women empowerment and women helping other women. And I can go down this rabbit hole with you. If you have, you know, 20 more hours, I'm happy to talk to you about it. Um, and why I'm so passionate about it, but yeah. So what is
0: this? Sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, um, so we give back over 5% um, of pre-tax profits to these organizations, which, you know, it, when you're a startup, you're probably not even profitable for the first five years. So technically I'm giving out of profits. I don't even have, I'm just, I'm setting that aside. And, you know, I, I go through times when I feel guilty that I feel like I'm not giving enough. And my husband says to me, look, you have a responsibility to give what you can and to build this business up so that one day you can give as much as you dream of giving. But if you give it all now, then you're not going to have anything to put back into the company. You're not going to be able to grow the company the size that you want it to. And so I'm giving what I can. And for me, it's a lot. But I have this this notion that I should just be giving, you know, literally everything that I can. Um, And I think as a founder and a CEO of a company, you have to put the business first. You have to put your employees first um, and then give what you can out of that. So how does, your,
0: how does your give back mentality impact also your parenting and how you will one day explain your business to your kids?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, well, my daughter's two and a half now and my son is five and I try to instill in them the value of giving back. I mean, around Christmas, you know, they, he, my son did chores. Um, he earned money. We went to Walmart, we picked out toys, we gave it to toys for taught and we talked about the importance of giving back. It's just, it's so important to me. Um, my grandmother, I credit her, especially she taught me that from a very young age. Um, and you know, if I can just leave, I feel like there's just so much negative news out there. And if I can just be a bright spot in someone's day, or if I can just leave the world slightly better through cookies then I found I it. I'm going to get all emotional about this. It's really all I want.
0: Well, so then let's talk about that because there's there's a maternal factor to your cookies and to your company as well. I mean, you have a cookie that directly benefits postpartum women.
1: You've cookies. cookies, yes. Yeah.
0: So how did you, how did that happen? <laughs> yes. And, um, and and like how did you know, you know, what to put in it? And and I mean, you know that's like a whole other. than like making a cookie that like, you know, my kid would consume that has fruity pebbles in it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So lactation cookies are oat-based cookies. So galactagogues are foods that a nursing mother can consume that are said to help increase their milk supply. So rolled oats are one, flax is the one, brewer's yeast is one. Um, If you look up many lactation cookie recipes online, some of them have, you know, one thing, but not the other. I combined all of the all three of those ingredients. How that came about was after I had my daughter. Um, we had a post. My I had a postpartum doula because my husband was working. I had a young son as well who needed help and attention. My my family lives far away. Um, and I, I said to my husband, I said, I just I don't think I can do it. Like I need help. I need support. I need somebody to be here. And she said to me, and I, I shared this dream of, you know, starting my own company, but I didn't know what it was going to be. And then I came back to her later and I said, you know, I think it's cookies. And she goes, you should make lactation cookies. And that was something that she had done for, you know, I don't think she did it for me, but she, something she did for some clients. And um, I've, I've had them, I think I made them myself. I'm like, just following a recipe. And oh my God, it's like chalky biscuit and they're bitter and they're not, they're not very good. And I thought, well, I can do something about that just make them delicious. And then, you know, there are some women who tell me that, Oh my God, like I I had one, or I had half of one and my food was like overflowing and I got so much more milk out of the one side that I never get. And, And that's awesome. But at the very least they're delicious and no, it will not, they will not make you produce milk if you're not a nursing mother. So I have dads that love them. I have like kids that love them. I've, you know, it's just a yummy, delicious, oatmeal cookie with a few extra added benefits if you're not a nursing mom. Well, it's
0: such a great natural extension of your product. And I also think that, you know, there are, there are, like you said, very gross lactation cookies that are out there. (laughs) And then there are also companies who only have lactation cookies. And that's not very smart either because you only have this small window to reach, to reach your customer. Right. So like you kind of are dipping in the best of both worlds with adding this to your already stable of product. Makes sense.
1: Yeah, thank you. I, you know, I like that it's a differentiator. So,
0: as we're talking about moms, I'd love for you to share a little bit about how you balance this
1: with your kids. I
0: mean, I, I know don't. there's no such thing as
1: balance. I don't. It's <laughs> bullshit. It's all bullshit. Don't let anyone ever sell you the lie that women can have it all and do it all because something is always going to give and you're always going to have that mom guilt. It never goes away. And we can sit here and beat our chests and say, we're women heroes for, we can do it all. There's no such thing as mom guilt. It's bullshit. Dads don't have quote unquote dad guilt, but you know what? It's always going to creep in. It's always going to be there. And you know how I justify what I'm doing, you know, which is nose to the grindstone every day is that one day and maybe it's happening now, I'm going to build a business that my daughter that my son can be proud of and say, my mom built that.
0: Of course it's happening now.
1: And thank you. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and then she went back to teaching when we were older. And me too. My grandmother was a stay-at-home mom. And so I didn't have any, you know, people to look up to to who, you know, blazed a trail for me. It was kind of looking at me like, really, you're, you're wanna leave your kids in like the best time of their lives when they're young, acute and, and adorable and you want to work now. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I have to because then I'll I'll get to they'll be 16 years old and Um, you know, maybe I'll have time then hopefully I'll have time to, you know, go to their recitals and go to their sports games, or hopefully, you know, when they're younger than that, hopefully that will happen sooner rather than later, but I'm building a business now so that it can run without me, um, you know, being there every single day and so that I can be there for all of that stuff for my kids later.
0: What would you say to the naysayers now? I mean, you said there were so many, and so many people like were like, "It's a cookie." like I yeah, mean,
1: you
0: know what would you, what would you say to them now?:
1: <sighs> um, I would say, if I could do it, so can you." And uh, just believe in yourself a little bit more? Um, I know that just seems like an oversimplification because there are so many different factors, especially if you're a parent that go into starting a business. Um, The support system is not always there, which is something in the future I would love to help change with my company. Um, But gosh, you know, toxic positivity is a real thing. But I I truly believe that if you have this fire inside you to do something, you'll know and uh, you're going to make it happen. And um, there's not going to be anybody who's going to stop you.
0: So with the bakery opening and... Like what is, what is on the horizon? I mean, what is next for Rebel Daughter?
1: So hopefully soon, um, there will be another product line, an extension of Rebel Daughter cookies, which I can't talk about yet. Um, but it has to do with a gourmet ingredient that we use, um, that we hopefully will maybe be selling. Um, and what's next for Rebel Daughter Cookies? The hope and dream is to build a business to um, never sell out over Christmas again or the holidays again. Hanukkah. Um I'm told that I am not allowed to do that this year.
0: <laughs> you know what, though? I think that this was a big problem, like just in general, because there were there are other like bakers like here in Chicago that were very popular that they also sold out because oh, really? for similar reasons, though, like they didn't have enough commercial kitchen time. And like, I don't think like people just COVID changed the way that people do like are doing things. Right. And so, and people want that like extra special treat and they're willing to buy it and pay for it. And, you know, I think that that just speaks to the market also right now. I mean, like people want your product. People are well, home. They're, they're, yeah, they're, comfort Yes. But it's not only that they're home, if they're doing something with friends, it's likely at home, you know, it's just a, it's a whole different mentality True. than like what it was three, four years ago, five years ago. Um, so, you know, I, but it's like a good lesson to learn, right? When you sell out and what the demand is and like how to turn that around for future. And
1: yeah, now so you have a location. Of it, you know. Part of, part of selling out, okay, it's great, it drives demand, whatever. But then on the other hand, there are all of these people who you could have gotten your cookies to, who could have tried your cookies and reordered or sent them to friends, and you didn't get to reach those people. And so that's a real problem, not being able to fulfill demand. And I'm hoping with this new location and having my own space where I can take all of the time that I need. Um, That that won't happen. That's my goal. So no,
0: that's it's never that is never going to happen again. You've solved that problem.
1: (laughs) Uh, Fingers are crossed. Knocking on wood.
0: I mean, but I like there were you know a lot of, um, and I'm not just talking in the food space, but like just a lot of uh, solopreneurs who started businesses throughout this time, who over the holidays stopped taking orders for whatever their product was because I also think and I hope that there is more of a movement now to support small business and to support solopreneurs. And uh, people just want that more. People want to buy from a person and a mission, not just, you know, a faceless brand online.
1: Right. Well, I think that... COVID changed that and that they saw they saw their brick and mortar stores shuttering, they saw the mom and pop stores shuttering and they suddenly realized the importance of spending money where you can see it actually making a difference in your own community rather than sending it to I'll just say Amazon um, you know and sending it to you know somebody that you don't know online. I do think <laughs> that it's interesting because when you create a brand that you want to be national, and you know you are very deliberate about your branding, people don't realize that you're a small business, that you are a mom, that you only have four employee employees, and so I mean, on one hand, it's great they think that you're, you know, oh, just Milk Bar um, in New York City, like when it's really you know yourself and four other people, and um, you're trying to get to everybody in your your personally answering emails and they're so surprised when you get back to them right away. It's like they were waiting, they're used to waiting a week and then speaking to somebody, you know, in a different country or somebody's outsourced and, and then they, then they get me and maybe they make the connection or maybe they don't. Um, but yeah, when you're buying from Rebel daughter cookies, you're buying from a mom with, with four employees and we are, <laughs> we're trying our best every day. We love what we do and we are, you know, nose to the grindstone. When I tell you we could not have made more cookies over over the holidays, we literally could not have made more cookies. We baked and made more cookies in a, in a single day than I ever thought was even possible. And we were only constrained by the fact that we just couldn't get enough time to make more.
0: Are you ready for Valentine's Day?
1: Oh, God. Um so yeah so I'm trying to get ready for Valentine's Day because you know I'm moving into this new kitchen and the lease starts February 1st and so the goal is to be up and running by February 1st. Um but you know that's just like I said if you know you're going from the holiday season right you know Christmas Hanukkah right into Valentine's Day and after that is Mother's Day. And so it's always I mean constantly you're just go 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 go. Um And so ready or not, here I come, you know, it's, it's going to happen. And right now, yeah, we're in the process of, of, you know, trying to rev all of the engines and get everything ready to go because I know that, you know, in a week or so it's going to start getting really crazy.
0: Yes. Yes. So before I let you go, I want you to kind of wrap up. I always ask my founders on the podcast to share three tips that you would Tell anyone who's just starting out or who wants to start a business three things that they can do as they're starting things.
1: Um, The first would be that Google is going to be your biggest resource. Google everything that you don't know. Don't be afraid to reach out and make friends with other entrepreneurs who have gone before you and start creating that network. And something that I definitely learned too late, and I still struggle with this, is just be yourself. Because I started out thinking, well, if I want to be a national brand, I don't want to be putting my face all over everything. I don't want them. I don't want people to realize how small I am. That this is such a small company. And it turned out that actually people want to support small businesses. And maybe I should be letting people realize that it is me and four other people right now. Um, And so I I kind of struggle with that dichotomy of wanting to be a big national brand and then also actually being a really small company, but growing. Um, And how much of that authenticity do I give and how much behind the scenes look do I give? Um, But I have found other brands who do extremely well with being uh, visible and uh, being transparent. And so if I could have learned anything sooner, it would have been that.
0: Anne Grossman from Rebel Daughter, thank you so much thank for you being so here much. and for sharing your story and your knowledge and I your cookies because I was the lucky recipient of some cookies. Um, but seriously, thank you. We're going to link all of your your website, your Instagram, everything in the show notes so people know where to go. They know where to buy Rebel Daughter. <laughs> and I can't wait to see where this goes. So you're going to have to come back and tell Possibly. us what happens after you open the bakery Because I know it is only going to be up from here.
1: Thank you so much, Lindsay. It's it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: I absolutely love Anne and her story and how real she is. Don't you? Please make sure you check out Rebel Daughter Cookies. As much as you loved Anne today, I promise you will love her cookies too. Anne had so many amazing takeaways in today's episode. So it's time to get out your pen and paper and make sure you jot these down. Number one, Start your business for yourself if no one else. Do something that you can look back on and be proud of, leave a mark, and help others. Number two, the temptation is always to cut costs, but people will pay more for a good quality product. Don't skimp on quality. Number three, you have to figure out what your pain points are. What can you pay someone else to do so that you can go out and make more money? Number four, Once you get your product into more hands, your customers will tell their friends. Publicity is key for a product who wants to expand outside their local area. Number five, giving back and helping others is incredibly important when you're a business owner, but you have to put the business first and then give what you can. Number six, balance is bullshit something is always going to have to give. As a mom, especially, you will have the guilt. You can't have it all, but build a business when your kids are young so eventually it can run without you. Number seven, when you create a brand that you want to have national notoriety and you're deliberate about your branding, it is really possible that brands and other people outside might not realize how small you are. Number eight, Google is going to be your biggest resource when you're starting out. Google everything that you don't know. Number nine, don't be afraid to reach out and network and ask other people what you don't know. Number 10, just be yourself, be honest, be truthful and be authentic. And number 11, anyone can do this. I cannot thank you enough for being here today and for joining us on today's episode of Dear Found Her. And thank you to Anne Grossman for sharing your story with us. Make sure that you follow at Lindsay Pinchuk and at Dear Found Her on Instagram. You can also go to LindsayPinchuck.com slash freebie to download some of my tips, tools, and resources for starting a business. We have some amazing guests come up, coming up. So please make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, please, 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 please go on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen and leave us a rating and review. You have no idea how much it means to me. If you know someone who wants to start their own business like Anne or who has started a business or who has an amazing idea for a business, share this episode with them, text it to them or post it on your Instagram. Tag me, I'll reshare some of those to say thank you. I'll be back soon with another episode of Dear Found Her.